RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines. A DNA expert warns about an Omicron subvariant that has appeared in Hong Kong for the first time. The chief executive reiterates her intention to bring forward vaccine mandates by about three weeks after strong vaccine take-up. And the UN says there's been a distress signal from an isolated group of low-lying islands in Tonga. A DNA expert has warned of another transmission chain involving a new Omicron subvariant. Dr. Gilman Sue from the Polytechnic University's Department of Health Technology and Informatics said genome sequencing had found that a woman was now carrying the BA2 subvariant. It's the first time it's been detected in Hong Kong. Dr. Sue said it was not yet known whether it was more infectious or dangerous, but he said it was worrying that nine of the woman's close contacts had contracted the disease after she had completed her 21-day quarantine. That means the first generations of this BA2 already have nine people. So it would be a, a little bit risky for the community. What if these nine people further infect other nine people in the community? That will be, I mean, I would consider the risk will be a little bit higher than the BA1. Other than the cabin crew cluster and also the moon palace cluster, we are quite worried we are developing the third transmission chain in the community. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, has reiterated her intention to bring forward vaccine mandates by about three weeks after more people got jammed. Last week, Mrs. Lam said that instead of February 24th, restaurants and certain other premises would be able to serve inoculated customers from February 4th. These places will be able to reopen provided there isn't another local outbreak. Mrs. Lamb said around 18,000 people received their first jabs on Monday. She said elderly vaccination rates had also increased, with around 55% of people in the 70s now inoculated. Staff and customers could only go into that prescribed premise after they have been vaccinated. As a result of that suggestion, of course, we are already seeing an increase. I wouldn't describe it as a surge, but an increase in uh, vaccinations amongst the population, especially amongst the older population, which is to be welcome. Mrs. Lamb said any further measures to support businesses affected by social distancing measures would come in next month's budget. She made the comment ahead of the weekly Exco meeting after being asked about criticism from businesses and workers that funding announced last Friday wasn't enough. Mrs. Lamb said officials will try to give out at least part of the money before the Lunar New Year. Two former Cafe Pacific flight attendants have been released on bail after being charged with violating Hong Kong's COVID rules. Aaron Tam reports. In a statement, police said that their investigations revealed that the two ex-flight attendants arrived in Hong Kong from the United States on the 24th and 25th of December last year. Without naming the airline they used to work for, the force said that during their medical surveillance periods, they conducted unnecessary activities in contravention to the Prevention and Control of Disease Regulation on December 25th and 27th. They subsequently tested positive for the highly infectious Omicron variant of the coronavirus. Their cases will be heard on February 9th. Health officials say they found no new COVID cases in two lockdown operations overnight. Officials sealed off Powa Court in Changchawan following a case linked to the Silka Seaview Hotel. Koiwo House in Taiwo Estate in Taipo was also sealed off following an indeterminate test result from a 23-year-old woman. In total, over 2,500 people were tested. 
The mainland's National Health Commission has reported 171 new COVID cases, down from 223 the previous day. Of the new infections, 127 were locally transmitted, down from 163. They were in Hunan, Tianjin, Guangdong, Beijing, and Shanxi. The mainland also reported 33 new asymptomatic cases, which it classifies separately. That's up from 28 the previous day. The other new cases were all imported. 16 people have died after contracting COVID in Queensland. It's the Australian state's deadliest day since the pandemic began. The state's chief health health officer, Dr. John Gerard, said those who died were all elderly and were not up to date on their vaccinations. Three people in their 70s, eight in their 80s, four in their 90s, and one person aged over 100. Four of them had not been vaccinated, two had one dose, uh, 10 were double vaccinated, and none had received a booster. Meanwhile, in Australia's most populous state, New South Wales, many people are failing to turn up for their booster jab appointments. More than a quarter of adults have had a third jab, but at one vaccination hub, 70,000 bookings were not taken up last week. The chief health officer of New South Wales, Dr. Kerry Chant, says many of the people dying or becoming sick are not fully protected against the virus. There needs to be a sense of urgency in embracing the booster doses. For Omicron, we know that the protection is um, lower and we need that next boosting to get that higher level of protection. In the latest reporting period, New South Wales recorded 36 deaths and over 29,000 new cases. The UN chief has told a virtual forum in Davos that the world must confront the pandemic with equity and fairness. Antonio Guterres said the last two years had demonstrated the simple but brutal truth that leaving someone behind would leave everyone behind. Last fall, the World Health Organization unveiled a strategy to vaccinate 40% of people in all countries by the end of last year and 70% by the middle of this year. We are nowhere near these targets. Vaccination rates in high-income countries are shamefully, seven times higher than in African countries. And we need vaccine equity now. Mr. Guterres said vaccine failure would lead to new variants and further disruption. The United Nations says there's been a distress signal from an isolated group of low-lying islands in the Tonga archipelago following Saturday's massive volcanic eruption and tsunami. It said the distress beacon had come from two islands, Fonoi and Mango. Tonga remains virtually cut off from the rest of the world due to a damaged underwater communication cable. The BBC's Jonathan Amos has more. We've started to get some of the high-resolution imagery that's showing us the destruction on the Tongan archipelago. So I've been uh, looking through uh, satellite data from France, uh, the Pleiades system that they have, and you can see islands that uh, once had uh, thriving communities They look now completely submerged under dust, under ash. A lot of destruction buildings that appear to be on earlier pictures, they're no longer visible. Britain is supplying Ukraine with short-range anti-tank missiles as it faces a Russian buildup of about 100,000 troops on its border. The Defence Secretary, Ben Wallace, said a small team of British troops would provide training. Mr. Wallace insisted they were purely for Ukraine's self-defence and did not threaten Russia. The chair of the Foreign Affairs Committee, Tom Tugendhat, said it was only right that Britain helped its allies. 
it is absolutely essential that we stand with our partners and make sure that they are as equipped and as ready as they could possibly be in order to defend their own territory against aggression. And I think there's more we can do in terms of making sure that our allies can defend themselves. I think that's an important action by uh, partners in a time of crisis. A controversial and wide-ranging policing law proposed by the British government has suffered a defeat in the country's upper chamber. Critics fear the Police Crime Sentencing and Courts Bill would place excessive curbs on the right to protest. The House of Lords voted to delete a section of the bill allowing police in England and Wales to stop a demonstration if they think it is too noisy. The Lords also rejected plans to ban large protests directly outside the Parliament building. The government says the legislation, which has sparked mass protests, is proportionate. The UAE has accused Houthi militants from Yemen of carrying out an attack in which three people were killed in an explosion of fuel trucks in Abu Dhabi. A presidential advisor called it a heinous act. The Houthi military spokesman Yahya Saria explained how the attack was executed. The successful operation was carried out using five ballistic missiles and multiple drones. The armed forces warn foreign companies, citizens and residents of the enemy Emirati state that they will not hesitate to expand their targets to include more important sites in the upcoming period. The White House has condemned the attack, saying it would hold the Houthi rebels accountable. The Gulf state has played a key role in the Saudi-led coalition fighting the Houthis in Yemen. A group of scientists and policy experts have warned against the use of planetary engineering to reduce solar radiation as a way of keeping the Earth from overheating. The signatories have issued a call for immediate global political action to stop solar geoengineering from becoming a mainstream solution to climate change. The BBC's Danny Eberhardt reports. In an open letter, the experts warn against the normalisation of technologies that seek to reduce how much sunlight reaches Earth, known collectively as solar geoengineering. They say their impacts are poorly understood and could jeopardise weather patterns with risks to food production and water supplies. A speculative chase for such technological solutions could, they add, be seized on by industry lobbyists and climate change deniers and, crucially, delay governments and businesses from taking real action now to cut carbon emissions. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24,159. That's 51 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $63 billion. In currency, the U.S. dollar will buy you 114.88 yen. The euro stands at 1 U.S. dollar and 13 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 62 cents. In football's Africa Cup of Nations, the hosts Cameroon are through to the knockout stages as group winners. Their latest match ended in a one-all draw with Cape Verde. It means Cameroon are likely to get a favorable draw in the next round where they'll face one of the four best third-place teams. The BBC's Nick Carvel. Nick Cavell was at the game. Both teams had settled for the draw because um, Cameroon knew if they lost this game, they could have dropped down into uh, second or third place with Cape Verde moving above them. So they knew a, a draw was going to be enough for them to seal top spot. And four points for Cape Verde is probably going to see them through as one of the best third place teams. I think Cameroon probably played some of the better football and, and uh, were more attacking. But... Credit to Cape Verde, they've played brilliantly in this tournament, they've played as a team, they work very, very hard for each other, their fitness levels do not drop, they keep, keep, keep going, and they're always looking to, to attack as well. 
Burkina Faso are the other team to progress from Group A. They drew one all with Ethiopia. Danish football star Christian Eriksen could return to the English Premier League after Brentford expressed interest in signing the former Spurs midfielder. The BBC's Paul Saris reports. Brentford have spoken to Christian Eriksen about the possibility of him signing for the club. Eriksen had his contract cancelled by the Italian champions Inter last month as he is not allowed to play in Serie A with the implanted cardioverter defibrillator he had fitted following his cardiac arrest at Euro 2020. No such regulation exists in the Premier League and it is understood a number of clubs are keen to sign Eriksen. Everton's search for a manager continues, with the club now saying they're interested in having Roberto Martinez return to Goodison Park. Martinez is currently head coach of the Belgian national team. Everton sacked Rafael Benitez after Saturday's 2-1 defeat at Norwich, left them 16th in the table. The Watford manager Claudio Ranieri says he has sympathy for Benitez. He arrived after Ancelotti and he didn't make the, the, the squad. He found the squad and tried to do the, his best. But that is the football. Maybe in England you aren't so used to do this. But in Italy we change the manager as a ice cream. Then <laughs> that's it. The Brighton manager Graham Potter has also been linked with the Everton job, but he says he's happy where he is. The reality is I'm at a really good football club. I'm not here because I'm that good. It's because I'm at a good club and I have good support. I have good people around me. I have people that can allow me to do my job, um, that give me support, that give me trust. And then you just can't help what people write or put out there. And now the weather, mainly cloudy, bright periods in the afternoon, moderate northeasterly winds. The outlook calls for sunny periods on Wednesday and Thursday, a few rain patches in the following couple of days. The temperature right now is 18 degrees Celsius, the relative humidity 79%. And to end the news, our top stories once again. A DNA expert warns about an Omicron subvariant that has appeared in Hong Kong for the first time. The chief executive reiterates her intention to bring forward vaccine mandates by about three weeks after strong vaccine uh, take-up. And the UN says there's been a distress signal from an isolated group of low-lying islands in Tonga. And that's the news from RTHK.
London. I've got no Welcome to the 123 Show with me, Sadia Usmani. Yep, I'm sitting in for Noreen today and it's always lovely to be on the hot seat. And it's a Tuesday, which means we have a bit of a foodie flavor to the show. Just after 1.30, I have another exciting soundbite for you. Joining me in the studio will be Chao Kwan Jung, a retired businessman from Hong Kong who has traveled the world and tasted a variety of cuisines. And he's an avid listener of 123 Show, so I thought, yes, let's call him in and let's find out about his soundbite. And after 2 p.m., Andrew Dembina joins me on the phone for his weekly roundup of his interesting tidbits from the local and global food and drink scene. Plus, of course, I've got some great music. So I hope you're going to keep me company right through till 3 o'clock. Say oops, upside your head, say oops, upside your head. 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 I'm back at you again. Say oops, upside your head. Radio station is WGAP. Say oops, upside your head. 